0: Welcome to the podcast of Scott Street MB Church. We hope you find this message inspiring and encouraging in your walk as a disciple of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for that scripture reading. That was from the Canadian International Version, referencing our Raptors. I think they should not be allowed to play on Saturday night because a pastor needs his rest. And... uh, But that was quite a game last night. And I don't know what's going on with you this morning. Is it the sunshine? But you're singing this morning. Did did you hear yourselves this morning? It was glorious, just glorious. Thank you for enjoying the worship. Thank you, Paul, for leading this morning. It's good to be back together and to continue looking at uh, how God helps us and helps our families. Last week, Sabrina looked at wisdom, asking God for the wisdom we need to be his man, his woman, his his um, father, his mother, to our children. Um, We need God's wisdom in our families. Today we're looking at what James has to say about how to manage our mouth as we care for one another and as we care for our families. Who here loves to talk? Who here doesn't love to talk? We're going to give those who do love to talk an opportunity. In fact, I'd give all of you, could you turn to the person beside you and say a gracious and kind word. You've got 15 seconds. Say a gracious and kind word to your sister. (laughs) Jake, God bless you this morning. Jeff, did you get a kind word back there? We love you. God bless you. You're a wonderful dad. Bob, did you get a kind word back there? We're so grateful for you and Marga. God bless you. Thank you. Did everyone get a kind word? If you didn't get one, I'll have some at the door for you as you leave. Actually, you're going to go down this way because we'll have potluck. You'll get a kind word and a pershki. We love to talk. Everyone seems to have something to say. The average Canadian has 30 conversations a day, spends a fifth of their life talking or listening to someone. In fact, you are listening to someone right now. And I am grateful for the opportunity to speak to you every Sunday. And I take this responsibility very seriously. If you wrote down every word that you said over a year, it would fill 66 books that had 800 pages in each book. Over the height of the church, 66 books with 800 pages. Some of us are born, though, with a silver foot in our mouths. Think about that one. We have the natural ability. We seem to have the ability to say the wrong thing at the wrong time. Uh, Nothing is opened more wrongly than our mouths at the wrong time. Our mouths get us into trouble. James talks about the tongue more than anyone else in the New Testament. In fact, every chapter in the book of James speaks about our mouths. I was enjoying one little mouth this morning who was singing his heart out. Our little Ethan, who can sing like an angel. And he's two pews back from me. And when he sings, I smile. So thank you, Ethan, for singing. He's busy with his crayons right now. James says we stumble in many ways. If anyone is never at fault in what they say, they are perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. So he says if you keep your mouth in check, you're perfect. And he's not talking about perfect as in sinless. He means perfect in character. The Greek word, the Greek word is teleos. means mature, healthy, complete in Christian character. There it is in the Greek alphabet. Tau, epsilon, lambda, Epsilon, Iota, Omicron, Sigma, Teleos. Before, before the end of this year, you will speak Greek. <laughs> I came in this morning and I, and I was saying good morning and I was greeted with a hearty German greeting and then a beautiful Russian greeting. So God, it's so wonderful to be in a rich linguistic environment here. When you go to the doctor and you're not feeling well, what is the first thing the doctor uh, she says to you? Oftentimes, she will say, "Stick out your tongue." Your tongue indicates your physical condition. Do they do, do doctors still ask you to stick out your tongue? Gerhard, they never ask you to stick out your tongue. I don't know why. <laughs> but um, they, I, they used to always say, stick out your tongue. And they would say, this is your condition based on this, the shape and the color of your tongue. Um, James says that we have to learn to manage our mouths. We've got to tame our tongue. Now, uh, Pastor Paul, if he was preaching this sermon, I believe he would have entitled it, Don't Let Your Tongue Lick You. Would you, Paul? Maybe not. He is, he, is, he is my teacher when it comes to puns. So you might ask, uh, Pastor Rob, why must I watch what I say? Why must I do that? Why do I have to be careful with my words? They're only words. Have you ever heard that? It's only words? Well, James says that words are significant, and there's three reasons we manage our mouth. Number one, my tongue directs where I go. Grandma Eva told the kids this morning, the rudder. Your tongue guards uh, and um, leads the direction you're going to go. Where is your life headed? Where do you want to be 10 years from now? Look at your conversation. What do you like to talk about? What do you talk about to people? What do you talk about the most? We shape our words, and then our words shape us. Our words tell us where we are going. There are times when my neck is out, and I have, I'm getting old, and my neck sometimes goes out, and so if I want to look this way, I go like this, because I can't turn. And sometimes when my neck is out, I can't help. People will say, how are you doing today, and what do I say? Well, I'm doing okay, but my neck sure is sore. My words reflect how I'm doing on the inside. James says the tongue is small, it's tiny. And because it's tiny, we think it's insignificant. But it has tremendous power. You look at a horse, sometimes these huge stallions, 2,000 pounds of beautiful horse, with a 100-pound jockey on his back. And the jockey controls this beautiful animal with a little piece of metal that's stuck strategically in his mouth over his tongue. Interesting. Interesting. The bit goes over the tongue of the horse, and and as you guide the mouth and the tongue, so the horse goes. James says, consider the ship. The largest ship in the world when it was created was the Queen Mary II. Anyone been on cruises? Have you been on those big ships? Yes, big, beautiful ships. The Queen Mary, when it was built, had three acres of recreational space, four pools, 17 decks. It raised 200 feet above the waterline. Yet this ship had a rudder, a small rudder in comparison to the ship that kept it on course. And our tongue is like that. Our tongue is like a rudder that steers us. We are steered by a small rudder, our tongue. My tongue directs where I go. You could say that the tongue is the steering wheel of your life. So if you don't like the direction that you are going, change the way you Talk. Change the way you talk. Sometimes I'm with people and they say, Rob, you don't swear. I don't, I don't think about it. I just don't swear. You know, I don't, I don't use those words. Um, I don't even notice it. It's inside me. My tongues are, in the way I live and what I believe, it's inside me. Many people think if your tongue has such an influence, maybe it's best to say nothing, to not talk at all. Here's a story. There was a gentleman who was in a monastery, a Trappist monastery. For three years, he was on probation, and he was told that he could speak once a year two words at the end of each year. So at the end of the first year, this man in the monastery, he had two words to say. They were "bed," hard. At this end of the second year, another year of silence, he had two words. Food, cold. At the end of the third year, he had just about had it. He comes in and he says, I quit. And the director says, That doesn't surprise me. All you've done is complain since you got here. <laughs> Sorry. James says that the tongue directs where you go, so I've got to learn to control it. Not only is my tongue a steering wheel, but it also is a deadly weapon that can destroy myself and destroy others. James Fives gives another illustration. It says, imagine a beautiful forest, tall, beautiful trees everywhere. Now imagine that it all goes up in smoke instantly. A tiny match sets the forest on fire. It only takes a spark to get a fire going. And you can't stop it once it starts. There's there's fires going on right now. In Canada, are there not? Yeah, is it Alberta and BC where they're having fires right now? They should come here. We can give them some water. We've got a little excess. Toronto Island is almost underwater. In Australia in 1983, they were having a terrible drought, and one fire in one night burnt a thousand kilometers, a thousand kilometers of land, villages, and livestock. It all began with a single match, James says that your tongue can destroy like that. You can lose it all. A careless camper can destroy an entire forest in one night. Now, what kind of words are a fire? Let me tell you gossip. Gossip is a fire, it spreads quickly, it causes havoc. I wonder how many people, because of a careless word, have destroyed their marriage, have destroyed their career, have ruined their reputation have ruined the reputation of their church or a friendship. The tongue is not only powerful when it directs the way we go, it's powerful in the way that it can destroy if you don't learn to control it. And and from what we read in James, we know it's almost uncontrollable. We try, but we fail. I am not perfect. I told you I don't swear. I don't swear. Sarah knows I have sworn. And I'm not proud of it. I try, I try, I try to control this. It says it's set on fire by hell, our tongues. They direct us. I think one of the most incorrect sayings in the world is, sticks and stones may break my, your bones, but words will never hurt me. You know, I don't, I've never really been hurt by a stick or a stone, but words have hurt me many, many times. We've got to be careful. Words, when used properly can bring warmth and light. Words out of control bring devastation and darkness. Proverbs eighteen twenty says, you have to live with the consequences of everything you say. James 3, 6 says, it sets this tongue of ours, sets the whole course of our life on fire, and it is, it is itself set on fire by hell. That is, that's serious. Those are very serious words. James is saying that words create a chain reaction like a fire. And the fire grows and grows and grows. Here's an example of a chain reaction. A husband comes home and he says something thoughtless. He's tired, he's worked hard, but he says something thoughtless that he shouldn't to his wife. His wife takes it hard and she, she yells at the oldest child. The oldest child yells at her little sister. The sister goes out and kicks the dog as she's going out. The dog goes out and chases the cat. The cat comes back in and scratches the baby. The baby then turns to its Barbie doll and bites the head off the Barbie doll. (laughs) Now, don't you think it would have been a lot better, a lot easier, if Dad had just come home from work, grabbed the Barbie doll, and bit the head off the Barbie doll? Then everyone would have been happier. Chain reactions. Chain reactions Our words affect others that affect others that affect others. Have you ever seen people have an argument... And someone says, well, what happened over there? And someone says, well, all hell broke loose because our tongues are set on fire by hell. He says the tongue is, is dangerous. All hell broke loose because you didn't control your tongue. If you want to be a uh, Proverbs twenty one twenty three, if you want to stay out of trouble, be careful with what you say. Finally, my tongue shows who I am. It reveals what's inside. It reveals my character. It tells what's inside me. James points out how inconsistent we are in 3.9. James 3.9. The tongue, with the same tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with the same tongue we curse men and women who have been made in God's likeness. From the same mouth comes praise and cursing my brothers and sisters. This should not be. We say these things out of the same mouth. We come to church on Sunday, and we sing like angels. And let me tell you, you sang like angels this morning. Then we go out to the car, and on the way home, we argue, are we going to Swiss chalet or China Emerald Buffet? One minute we're praising God, and the next we're cursing another, or we're fighting over where we're going to eat. Now, cursing doesn't necessarily mean profanity. It can mean profanity, but it means a put-down. Has anyone ever said to you, or have you ever said, You're good for nothing. Oh, terrible words. You'll never amount to anything. Oh, terrible words. You're just like your mother. Oh, terrible words. (laughs) I've never said that, have I, Sarah? I said it once. (laughs) I learned very quickly. Those are words that are curses. Those are evil words. Sarah and I were talking this week because we have some friends that are very sarcastic. And sometimes sarcastic people can say something sort of funny. Sarcasm usually comes with the roll of the eyes. You know, that was a really good idea. And you roll your eyes, and and it's a bit of sarcasm. And we were talking about it, and we looked at it, and sarcasm has its roots, its Greek roots, in the word sarx, which means flesh. Sarcasm means the tearing of flesh. We say it's a cutting remark. Sarcasm is a cutting remark. Well, it comes from the Greek, sarcasm, tearing of flesh. So when we are sarcastic, we are tearing someone's flesh. We're hurting them. We should not be sarcastic. Do you struggle with sarcasm or with an inconsistent tongue? Because James says that we all struggle at one way and don't point any fingers out there. We speak lovingly in one breath and then at the other we lash out. Why do we do that? It's not just children that do it. Children struggle, but so do we. I see you guys down there. James gives the answer to how we deal with our tongue. Verses 11 and 12. He says, consider the source. Can both fresh water and salt water come from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can salt spring produce fresh water. The point is, whatever is in the well comes out with the water. Whatever is in the tree comes out in the fruit. There is no apple tree That's going to bear peaches. Am I correct? Apple tree and peach tree growers. Not a chance. So the issue is not really with the tongue. The problem is deeper. It's in the heart. What's inside me comes out. My mouth shows off what's inside my heart. Matthew 12, 34 says, Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. He says, what's inside you is what's going to come out. My tongue displays my character. You've got a problem with your tongue. Brothers and sisters, you've got a problem. We all have a problem. And you know what it is? It's a heart problem. Now listen to this. A person with a harsh tongue has an angry heart. A person with a negative tongue has a fearful heart. A person with a boasting tongue has an insecure heart. A person with a filthy tongue has an impure heart. A person with a critical tongue has a bitter heart. So as people speak to you, you see their hearts. On the other hand, a person who has encouraging words has a happy heart. A person who speaks gently has a loving heart. And a person who has truthful words has an honest heart. So what do we need? We need a pure heart. We need a new heart. You've got to give your heart to Christ. Ezekiel 18:31 says, "Get rid of all of the offenses you have committed and get a new heart and a new spirit." I can change the outside. I can turn over a new leaf, but what I really need is a new life, not a new leaf. What I need is a fresh start. What I need is to let go of the past and to be born again, again and again over and over. I need a new heart. How do we get that new heart? 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if any man or woman is in Christ, they are a new person. The old has passed away. Behold, all things have become new. If we are in Christ, we have a new life, a new heart, a new spirit. When when we come to Christ, he wipes out that which is done before forgives us, and we start again. And that's what communion is about. Every month we come and we say, Lord, take my life. I take your body, I take your blood, I give you myself. Father, walk with me this month. We need to pray like David did in Psalm 51. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Because what is in my heart will come out in my mouth. So today, as we take communion, would you say with me, Lord, I recommit my life and my words to you. As we go to communion today, let's bring all of ourselves to the table. Our heart, our minds, and this morning, let's bring our tongues. Let's offer to God all of our words and realize that our words are a reflection of our heart. Our prayer today needs to be, create in me a clean heart so that my tongue may praise you. Amen. Amen. Let's pray together. Let's pray this. Would you pray this prayer with me in your heart right now? God, I need a heart transplant. I need a new heart and a new spirit come into my life in a fresh way today. Take control of my life. Take control of my tongue. Father, I know that my tongue can destroy what I have. Father, I could lose it all in a minute by just a few careless words. Father, just like a match dropped in a f- forest, I can destroy my life with my words. Maybe some of you need to say, God, I've been a, a verbal arsonist. I've said things that have burnt others, that have hurt others, that have hurt my husband or my wife, my kids, my neighbors. We have said things that are unkind. Father, forgive me, for sometimes I'm harshest with the people. I love the most. God, would you give me your help every day? Would you put a guard on my mouth? Would you help me to think before I speak? Forgive me for the things I've said that were out of place. Help me to be new. Give me a new start this morning. I need your help. Father, if we have over our active tongues, we say, God, would you put peace in my heart so that I don't have to talk so much? Father, I've been negative. Help me not to be fearful. Father, I've been a braggart. Help me not to brag. Help me not to be so insecure. God, melt my hard heart. Give me a caring, loving heart. Your heart, the heart of Jesus Christ, take control of the rudder of my life and guide me in your direction. If you've prayed that prayer this morning, God has heard you. Father, we all need this encouragement. I pray that we all learn to manage our mouth as we come to your table this morning. We offer our hearts, our minds, our hands, and our tongues. pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Questions about the message or to contact any of our pastors, please visit ScottstreetChurch.ca.